Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, reading from verse number 12. If you have your Bibles, please open Isaiah 14, reading from verse number 12, the Bible tells us, It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, who is this weak in the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation, in the side of the north. I will ascend above the, cl- above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Verse number 15, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. To the size of the pits. Now this verse of the scripture gives us a very deep spiritual description of what pride is all about. It tells us its mean, it tells us its meaning, it tells us its origin, and it gives us the consequences of pride in the life of any individual. If you look closely at the verse of the scripture that we've just read, especially if you want to, I want you to focus on verse number 13, and then as we move forward, the Bible tells about the origin and the aspiration of pride. In that verse number 13. If you look at verse number 14, the Bible talks about the goal of pride. The Bible says, I will ascend to the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high God. Then if you finally in verse number 15, the Bible talks about the terrible, the terrible danger and the consequences of pride in the life of any individual. And it says, yes, you shall be brought down to the sides of the pit. So you see, the verse of scripture that we have just read gives us a deep insight, not only to what pride is, but to the nature of pride, where it comes from, what it aspires to do, and the eventual consequence of pride in the life of any man. Now, all the issues of the heart that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now, of all the issues that we've talked about, we've talked about anger, we've talked about loneliness, we've talked about you know, bitterness, we've talked about all sorts of issues that goes on in the heart of a man. Of all the issues that we've talked about, this particular one that we're talking about right now is not only the most dangerous, it's also the most challenging that many of us as individuals and as Christians have. And please understand that anger is bad. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to minimize it. Anger is bad. Bitterness is terrible. Unforgiveness will, come, will eat you up. If you allow it to continue to fester in your spirit, if you continue to hold on an individual in your heart, it's going to eat you up alive. Those things are bad. But pride is beyond words. Pride is beyond words. Pride is the most dangerous battle that our heart will ever confront. It's the most dangerous. And the question is why? Why is pride so dangerous? Why is it very challenging for the heart to be able to deal with the issue of pride? The first reason is because pride is very, very difficult to spot, even in your own life, in my life. It is easy for us to see pride in the life of another person. When somebody is arrogant, when that person is proud, you can tell. But when you are proud and when you are arrogant, sometimes for some reason you miss it. 
You can't find it. You can't see it. And that is why it is very dangerous. Pride is difficult to spot in our own life. Like I said, it is easy to see pride in the life of other people. Very proud, very few proud people can recognize pride in their own life, let alone acknowledge it. Yeah. Others can easily see it, but in their own life, for some reason, they are blinded to it. They cannot see it. Number two, why is pride a very dangerous thing for the, for the heart to come to deal with? Because it multiplies itself in different disguises. It shows itself in different formats. It appears in different ways. One of the reasons why pride is very dangerous is because it has these multiple disguises. You can see a man appear humble, but humility might be motivated by pride. You see somebody who is righteous in the church, but the righteousness might be motivated in, by, by, by pride. You see even church people going about in holiness and righteousness, but underneath that holiness and righteousness is, a, is an element of pride. They want to tell you that yeah, they are closer to God than any other person. So you see, pride is very dangerous because it has a way of disguising itself. A lot of people think that only the rich men are, are proud. But you've ever, have you ever met a poor man that is proud? Terrible thing. When you are poor and you are proud. Terrible thing. <laughs> Terrible thing. The man doesn't have a dime in his pocket and yet he's proud. But that's a story for another day. So it disguises itself in different formats. Not only that, pride is dangerous because it can easily distort your perception. It gives you an impression that you are what you are not. It gives you an idea that you are bigger than life. It gives you an idea that you can do the things that you are not, that you are better than every other person, that you begin to look down on people. Pride is dangerous because it infests every aspect of your life. The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you relate with people, the way you interact with people, the way you do your job, the way you do everything. Pride has a way of infesting it. Even the way you take money out of your wallet, it infests I used to tell my wife that I have this thing. I don't know what I can tell a man's attitude by the way he handles the paper currency, the way he handles money. I'm not talking about the way he spends it. I'm just talking the way he holds it physically. I can tell. You know a man who is stingy. The way they hold money is different. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and you see a proud man. The way they hold money is different. Maybe I'm the only one who sees those kind of things. But I see it. I know. But the point I'm making is that pride infests every area of your life. It infests every area of your life. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 6. It says, take heed that you do not do, you do not do, do your arms before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have received, you have no reward of your father which is heaven in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost arm, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrite do in the synagogue or in the street, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Even the danger of pride is that even when you are doing something for God, you still find that it has a way of coming and messing it up. When you are praying, it has a way of messing it up. When you are actually giving food to the poor, it has a way of messing it up. When you are doing the things that God actually requires you to do, it has a way of messing it up. Pride is one interesting thing because it has a way of infesting every aspect of your life if you don't pay attention to it. Number five, pride destroys everything in its parts. Have you ever seen a really proud person? The one that we refer to here in America as the SOBs. Have you ever seen them? When you see those people, how many of you can you hang out with them? How many people can you? I know many people like to hang out with those kind of people. You don't. It destroys relationship. Because you find that nobody wants to stay around them. It destroys businesses. It destroys the church. It destroys everything you put your hands into. The Bible says, how are thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? 
This was a cherub that was built, that was that was created just to give glory to the Almighty God. Somebody was saying that when 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 when, the, when Lucifer spoke in those days, it was beautiful. It was sounds coming out of his mouth. Can you imagine Lucifer saying he wanted to say hello to you in the morning, and it sounds like Lionel Richie? Hello. That was how this guy was. That was how this guy was. He had it. He had everything made up. But for some reason, pride got into the mix and destroyed everything. And the Bible said that you think that you are going to sit in the highest mountain of God, you are going to find yourself in the pits. Pride destroys everything. It destroys your wisdom. It destroys your athleticism. It destroys your talent. It destroys whatever God has deposited in your life. Even the ability to preach, it destroys it. Because when it comes in, it's like a canker. It's like that particular terrible thing that comes and it festers and festers and festers. And that what happens? It destroys it. Pride destroys everything on its parts. Number six, pride attracts. That is the, this is the, this is the, this is the part that should get everybody's attention. Pride attracts the fierce judgment of God. The Bible says that he resists the proud. Can you imagine the Almighty God resisting you? I mean, that is just unimaginable. But the Lord Almighty said he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The pride attracts the fierce judgment of God. That is why pride is dangerous. If you look at the book of Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 6, reading from verse number 16, the Bible says, six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven, an abomination unto him. Look at the very first thing on that list, a proud look, a lying tongue, a hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that said that devised wicked imagination, feet that that swift to run to mischief, a false witness that bears that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. But if you look at that list of the things that really pisses God off, one of the things that you see is pride at the top of it. The question is why? Why is it that God is so angry? God hates hates her pride with so much hatred. Why? Why does God, why does the Lord God Almighty hate pride so much? Before we answer that question, I want you to first of all have an understanding of what pride is all about. And I also want to make a distinction between the pride, you know, between, between two types of pride. There is a positive aspect of pride and there is a negative aspect of pride. When the Bible talks about pride in a positive sense, the Lord is talking about pride in the things of God. It's talking about the pride in the person and the character of the Almighty God. It's talking about the pride in the act of the Almighty God. It's talking about pride in the achievement of other people. It's talking about pride in the blessings that we receive from the Almighty God. Those are the kind of things that you are proud about. You can come and say, yes, the Lord Almighty has been good to me. The Lord has visited me. The Lord has blessed me. The Lord has been good to the to my family. He has been good in my promotion. He has given me a lot of good things. Those are things you can be proud about. You can be proud about the, the achievement of your family member, the achievement of your children, the things that you have done. You can be proud in the work of your own hand. How good the things that you have done that will bring that has brought glory to the Almighty God. Those things are positive pride that we can that we can have. And I'm talking, I'm t- and I'm taking the time to explain to you that not everything that you are proud about is evil. Not everything. And there's a sense of pride that is good that a believer should have. But there's also a sense of pride that a believer should run away from. Okay? In other words, we must understand that it is not proud, it is not pride when we have a healthy self-image. When you see yourself as God has made you. 
The Bible said that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, people that the Lord Almighty has called unto himself. It is not pride when you discover, when you tell the people what the Lord Almighty has called you. When you refer to yourself as a child of God, it is not pride. It is not pride to have a positive self-image. Number two, it is not pride when you receive your duly earned honor. You have done something. It was recognized as very good. And you are given an honor. And you are, you, 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 are, you, you are given accolade because of the things you have done. It is not pride. Okay? And that is why you find out that when somebody goes to the Olympic, they do very well. They are put on a pedestal and they are honored. And the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. Alright? So, there is no, it is not pride for you to receive honor for what you have done. It is not pride for you to take honor in the work of your hands. The Bible tells us in the book of Colossians chapter 3, it says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. In other words, give your very best. There's nothing wrong in you taking pride in doing in the work that you have done that is very, very good. Number four, it is also not pride for you to look good, just like I am this morning. You know? It is not pride. The good thing, you know, there's this particular minister of God now. He's dead now. He used to, I think he used to be in Memphis. His name is Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers used to say that uh, you are not humble because you go around looking like an unmade bed. Okay? <laughs> the fact that you look rough and <laughs> that's not holiness. The fact that you look dirty and you are you have not showered, well, that's not that's not righteousness. Okay, there's no pride in your it is not pride when you look good for the glory of the Almighty God. When people look at you and they say, Yes, I can see the beauty of the Almighty God in you, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem comes when your heart now when your heart now dwells on things like that. When you dress up just for the sake of doing what? To be able to show off. That is where the problem and that's where the issue of pride comes in. Okay? So looking good is not pride. So we must understand the difference between these two. And there are times when you need to be proud of yourself. There are times when you need to be proud of your achievement. There are times when you need to be proud of the things that you have done or the help that you have given unto others. But it, that is not the kind of pride that we are talking about this morning. The kind of pride we are talking about this morning is the one that is associated with arrogance. The one that is associated with conceits. The one that is associated with haughtiness. The one that is associated with presumptions. The one that is associated with insensitivity. The one that is associated with that unbridled desire for superiority. That is the one we are talking about. That is what I'm referring to this morning when I talk about pride. So what kind of pride? What is this thing? This kind of pride that we are talking about. What is it? This arrogant, self-conceited, haughty kind of pride. What is it? To answer that question, let's take a look at the book of Isaiah again. Isaiah chapter, 16, Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. The Bible tells us in that Isaiah chapter 14 that Lucifer was transformed that anointed cherub was transformed into the devil because of this particular pride that we're talking about. So let's open our Bible again to by Isaiah chapter 14, reading from verse number 12. He said, How are thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are thou caught down to the ground, which just weakened the nation? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the throne, upon the mount of the congregation on the side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet... Thou shalt be brought down to the hell, brought down to hell, to the side of the pit. I want you to focus on that verse number thirteen and fourteen, and then we we'll begin to give you an idea of what pride is all about. Number thirteen says, "For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend unto the unto, unto into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit on the throne also upon the mount of the congregation in the north side. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high God." The first thing you see 
in those two verses of scripture about pride is that pride is a condition of the heart. The Bible said, thou has said in your heart. In other words, before it became an action, before it became an attitude, before it became a habit, before it became a disposition, before it became the thing that you did on a regular basis that became automatic, that became automatic in your life, what you found that is started in your heart. The Bible said that Satan started this whole idea of rebellion. It is as if thou has said in your heart. Thou has said in your heart. So pride is number one, a condition of the heart. Number two, it's a preoccupation with self. Pride is a preoccupation with self. Look at that verse number 13 again. The Bible says, What thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the star. I will sit upon... You look at the repeated use of I, 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 I. It's a preoccupation with self. When you see yourself being preoccupied by yourself, you know that you are already... The issue of pride is already taking place. Number three. Number three. What is pride from this verse of scripture? Pride is a decision of the will. Look at that verse of the scripture again. He thou has said in thy heart, I will. It's not that I may. It's a decision of the heart. It's a decision of the will. You make up your mind that this is what you want to do. You make up your mind to see yourself in a life that is not true. You make up your mind to treat people less than order, less than less than ordinary. You pre, you make up your mind to see yourself as superior than every other person. It's a decision of the will. Pride is also an unbridled loss for prominence. Yeah. Look at what this man was saying. I will ascend into heaven. I will above, I will exalt my star above the stars of God. I will sit upon the throne of the mount of the congregation. I will be on the highest side of the I mean, it is, it is an unbridled loss for prominence. He wants to be the spotlight. He wants to be the person that commands the attention. He wants to be the person that everybody sees. He wants to be the person that everybody worships. Pride is the unbridled loss for prominence. Number four now, number five, whatever number we are in. Pride is taking the place of God. It's refusing to acknowledge your position in the scheme of things. It's trying to take the place of God. It's trying to take the authority of God. It's trying to take the place that God has reserved for himself. Look at that verse number 14. He said, I will be like the most high. That is the place that God has reserved for himself. But he said, I will be like the most high. In other words, the Bible uses it. From the Bible we can see that pride is a high opinion of one's own dignity, a high opinion of one's own importance, a high opinion of one's own merit, of one's own superiority, whether it has cherished in the mind or has displayed in our conduct or in our behavior. In other words, it is the way you see yourself, this inflated way of seeing yourself, whether in your mind or in the way you talk to people, in the way you relate to people, that's what pride is all about. And some people have made us to understand that pride is the sin of all sins. Because when you see yourself that you are better than your neighbor, why should you be proud? Why should you respect them? Why should you treat them nicely? Why should you not talk bad about them? Because after all, they are beneath you. Once pride comes in and you see yourself as more superior than any other person, why should you treat your husband right? Why should you treat your wife right? Why should you come to, why should you come to church and listen to anybody? Why should you do anything? It will be easy for you for other sins to walk in. Pride is the sin of all sin. It is the sin that gives rise to all other sin. It is the father of all sin. That's what happened to Lucifer. It started as a desire to take the preeminent position in the scheme of things. And that is why the Bible tells us in the book of James chapter 4. Reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us there. He said, but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Now that we know what pride is, how does pride work in the life that it invests? You'll notice I've been using the word infestation of pride because it is a disease that comes in and it destroys everything. So how does pride manifest itself in the life where it is present? How does pride work? Number one, pride works by clever manipulation. The people who don't have the guts to be able to come out and tell you their entire their desire, they go about it through manipulation. You see it in the house of God. People who try to manipulate their fellow members, people who try to manipulate the pastors, manipulate the leaders, or manipulate their place of work. This is drawn through that. Pride manifests itself in clever manipulation. Number two, pride manifests itself in, in, in superiority complex, where you think you are better. Some call it the hero, they, they call it the, the matter complex or the hero complex. It portrays itself as a savior of the world. That without me, you can do nothing. Without me, I mean, this church will not move forward. Without me, this job will fold up. Without me, this community cannot move forward. Without me, this country will go down the hill. There's, that is that superiority complex. And I used to, I remember telling, I remember in a particular message that I did some time ago where I called the myth of indispensability. In other words, when you think that you are the thing, when you think that you are the one, when you think that life will not go on without you, Let's forget about that and move to the next thing. So, superiority complex. Number three, it's what is called the righteous hypocrisy. Manifest itself in righteous hypocrisy. When you pretend to be what you are not. When you give us an impression that, yes, you are better than what you think you are. When you give an impression that, yes, you are more than that. You know, those are the, 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 the I think there's a new language they call it, when you think that you are all that. Eh? <laughs> when you think that you are all that. So, that is righteous hypocrisy. It also manifests itself in what is called a subtle defiance. Where you have this quiet disobedience. You are told to do something you don't want to do because you think it's beneath you. You are told to do something because you think that you are better than the people who are doing it. When they ask me to volunteer, I say, no, I can't volunteer for that. I only volunteer for this. The only thing I want to see is the place where I can receive all the accolades, not the people who do all the, all the miniature job. It manifests itself in subtle uh, defiance. It also manifests itself in aggressive stubbornness. When you simply refuse to do the things that you ask people to do. There is a particular tribe in Nigeria we used to make, we used to make fun of them. They say that when you see them prostrates, because that's the way you greet elders in our place. You have to kind of, you prostrate down. These people are so arrogant that when they prostrate, they tell you that they're actually standing up in their mind. It doesn't make sense, but you will understand if I say, eh, let's leave that one alone. But aggressive stubbornness, okay? Aggressive stubbornness insists on having its way. And then you have also, it also manifests itself in bitter back, uh, backstabbing. When you see somebody because that person is better than you, you put a, you know, you begin to cut them down behind their back. You begin to say the things that are demeaning unto them. You begin to pull them down when they are not there. It manifests itself in bitter bad stabbing. Because that is when, when that person is moving forward, you begin to demeaning their glory. You begin to diminish their achievement. You begin to say, after all, what did they do? That's what happened in the days of Nehemiah. The Bible says that they were building that wall. And what do you call it? Sambalat and Tobiah say, oh, even if a, 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 a lizard should go upon this particular rock, it will fall down. The idea is to diminish their accomplishment. That is how pride manifests itself. Because of our time, we are going to stop here. The question that I have for you this morning is this. How is this thing called pride manifesting itself in our lives? Because if we say we don't have it, we are just simply lying to ourselves. Even yours truly have an own element of his own pride. Okay, All you have to do is just push the right button. But the point we are making is this. It is not, if, it's not that anybody that we don't have our own issues. Just like we have been talking about on this issue of the, of, of the, uh, the battle of the mind. Every one of us have the issues that we are fighting with in our own mind. The question is not whether you have it. The question is what, how are you dealing with it? How are you dealing with the issue of backstabbing? 
Do you relish the idea of cutting down somebody when that person is not there? Are you one of those people who are aggressively stubborn that you will not do? You only insist on having your way. Are you one of those people who will not aggressively come out and defy people, but you have this subtle of defiance? You will, they will tell you to do something, you will end up still doing it the way you want it done. Are you one of those people who are so righteous that you cannot even walk on the floor? It's like you are walking on water. You are the only one that has this express communication with the Almighty God. No other person knows how to pray. You are the only one who knows how to pray. No other person knows how to read the scripture. You are the only one. Are you that kind of person? Are you the kind of person who has this hero complex? Without you, nobody can do anything. Without you, the job will not be done properly. Unless you touch it, nobody can do this work the way you're expected to do. Are you one of those people who are good with cleverly manipulating the situation for your own good? If any of this thing is going on in our life, we need to be able to check ourselves. Because the Bible tells us something. It said the heart is desperately wicked. Say, who can know it? In other words, there is a lot that is going on in the heart of a man that until that particular person places that heart before the Almighty God and says, Lord, search me, you may not know what is going on in there. I tell people the person who kills, the person who commits murder, the person who commits the rape and all the atrocities that we see on TV, they are not different from you, they are not different from me. The only thing that is keeping you and me from doing those same things is the grace of the Almighty God. And outside of the grace of God, you are capable of doing something even worse than that. Many of us are not doing it because we are afraid of going to the New We are afraid of being caught. That's just the only reason why we don't do some of those things. But the point I'm making is this. If you think that there is no pride in your heart, wait for the opportunity to present itself. Wait for the little power that you are given. Wait for the little place or the place of prominence that you are given and see what happens. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.